What a week. What a week. What a day. What a month. And this is Moments with Mika. And I'm Mika. And I'm Rick. And this week, let's go over um, the topic suicide. Since it is, you know, Suicide Prevention Week, um, it's really critical that we always make sure that we address these type of topics and kind of be transparent and um, give like the real deal about everything. Um, right. Just to know that, let people know that everything that may seem perfect and seem like it has glitter and sunshine and butterflies is not always as it seems. Absolutely. But before we get into it, you guys know I love my fun facts. <laughs> and Rick tried to spoil my dreams today with my fun facts. Because he already knew how to do this, but it was something new to me. <laughs> so, when it comes to tipping people, we don't need our calculator. I mean, you could use your calculator. But let's say you're out to dinner, you know, you out with your thing, and you're paying, right? Hmm? And your phones are dead. And the receipt doesn't tell you what 20% is of your bill. And you're sitting there like, hmm, how am I going to calculate this? Nine times out of ten, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. But if it did, in another reality, this is what you could do. You could move the decimal over one spot to the left and then double that number by two. So let's say your bill is thirty-five fifty. That means that, you know, you guys ate a little bit and you drank some water. And drank some water. <laughs> I'm about to say because drinks are like $12 by themselves. So, okay, you guys have you a couple going drinks. to the restaurant at? Mind your business. <laughs> but let's say the bill is thirty-five fifty, right? Move the decimal over one spot to the left, which make it three dollars and fifty-five cents. Double that, which is seventeen, and boom, people, that is your twenty percent for your tip. <laughs> Fun fact with Mika, you know? See? Uh, okay. See, Rick <laughs> was up there like, yeah, I already did that, but it's a lot of us that didn't do that. I used to pull out my calculator and be like, yeah, I'll just do it this way. Even though, like, math was my favorite, like, subject in school. But I'm not doing all that extra stuff. Once I realize that the calculator would always be with me, I'm going to always use it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it, people. An easy way to get to 20% of your tip. Now, Rick, yeah. how was your week? My week was actually pretty great. Um, yesterday, uh, my son hit six months old. So, Baby Rick, Rick. We got to chill and kick it and play on the floor and try to eat sweet potatoes. I don't know if that's his thing. Probably not. Sweet potatoes is nasty as a kid. Like every if time he eat them, he like he joked like it's sour or something. Like because it got a very funny taste to it. He keep coming back for it, but every time it looked like he get electrocuted. Only <laughs> because like I'm just hungry. That's it. Like pop, you give me the, you give me a spoonful, but. Uh, this ain't working. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I be. Then we had some on-the-floor time. We got to play with toys and did some baby Einstein. So it was a beautiful day. Oh, I beautiful love day. the baby Einstein. Yeah, yeah, he was into it. I had to put the child lock on the phone because when he not into it no more, oh, he definitely pushed buttons on the phone. Yeah. Or just teeth with it. Put, it. put the phone in your mouth and just eat it. I'm just saying. At least they're waterproof. You know, with the new iPhone, you get three minutes of waterproof, and then after that, you're a goner. So, <laughs> so if you're going to put your phone underwater, you only get three, well, no, two minutes and 32 seconds. So after that, yeah, you might need a new one. But you have heard that first on Moments with Mika. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> How about you? How was your week? Um, Pretty 
pretty good seeing that um, I got this uh, position that I've been wanting. Well, it's not really another position. Well, I guess it kind of is. But I get to do something different at work that I've been asking for for, I don't know, like maybe four or five months. And um, I was finally able to manifest it, which is like really random because I kept on getting no, 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 no. And I finally randomly got, oh, yeah, we need you to do this. And I'm like, what? This but, might leave? Huh? This might leave? No, nobody left. I don't know why. And it's not even like super busy. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't ask no questions. This is what I want. You know? So I'm really starting to get that mindset of anything that I want. I am definitely going to get it. I just got to be patient. So um, that helped me a lot. I was really happy about that because it came like randomly. Because after the last time I asked them, I'm like, you know what? This will be the last time that I asked them because you're not going (laughs) to keep on telling me no. I'm going to take it. Period. So, you know. I stopped asking, and then they just gave it to me. So, that was kind of wonderful. Um, But one thing that I did want to touch on this week, and um, I had to go to the eye doctor, right? Okay. Because one of my eyes, like, was, like, really sticking. Like, it was really, really dry, where every time I blinked my eye, it just felt like it was just sticking. Like, you know them dials? Like, Visine wasn't working? No, I didn't. I was at work. So, look. So No, wait, 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 wait. So instead Rick, of going across the street example. to the store, I'm to not get spending Vizine, no money. You went to the eye doctor. Sure did. Okay. So look, while I was at work, <laughs> have you ever had one of those dials that open their eyes and like one of the eyes already like always open slow? Absolutely not. I'm a, I'm a boy. I'm saying you've I seen was... it before. You've seen the meme of it of like with the dial that got the one eye open and one eye closed. Okay, any lady that had a dial before that's listening <laughs> to this show, have you ever seen the dial that it was supposed to open his eyes, but one of the eyes are already stuck? Some baby so, wake ups. I don't the know ones the you name sit of it. Up and then they eyes yeah, open. When he, that's okay. how my eye was doing. Like it was slowly opening. So it kind of frightened me a little bit. And then I started thinking about having like. <laughs> shut up, Rick. It's not funny. Hey, it's not. This, my sight is very important to me. So. Is it coming up like. Yeah, it was like slowly. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, why did this keep on happening? So I'm trying to blink, oh, and he kept on doing it. But I was thinking about getting a LASIK eye surgery, and wait, I, wait, 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 wait. So your eye was opening slowly, and you wanted to jump straight to LASIK? Yep. So <laughs> listen, I'm a dramatic person. Just take me to the thing that's gonna help me, and I thought that was gonna help me. But I started thinking about Jessica Starr. Mm-hmm. She had the eye surgery. And it's not that it went bad, but it took her a lot longer to heal. Right. Um, whereas it was supposed to take, I think, like maybe four, four to six weeks. It was going to take a lot longer than that. And that was a part of the reason why she did her suicide because she didn't feel like she could be a mother, what? a wife anymore. Yeah, it's a lot. Like she lost a lot of her vision, and she was her eyes was very sensitive to the light, so she couldn't really do much, you know. So it's not a reason to go out. That's a comeback but still, story. I, I thought about that and I'm like, you know what? Mm, let me just chill. Let me just relax. You know, when it comes to the eye surgery thing, do my research and everything. Right. But it also brought me on the topic because this week, a lot of, you know, suicide awareness is very big this week and is very crucial. Right. So we've been looking at a few news articles on the Apple news app. And one thing that stuck out to me. Apple Plus. Is it called Apple Plus? It just said no, no, Apple News Plus. News Plus? Okay. So, I looked at this article. It was about a pastor. His name is Jared Wilson. 
I believe that he was, I don't know where his church is, but he recently committed suicide um, this week. And what stood out to me is, you know, he dealt with suicide for a long time. He was only 30 years old. And he actually had a foundation where he wanted to give people hope and help people. And he had preached. And that same day after he preached, he committed suicide. And his wife said that he was dealing with deep depression from childhood things. And he was under a doctor's care, but he just wanted to help other people. Um, but he founded the, the organization that's called Anthem of Hope. And it's about amplifying hope and helping people that battle with brokenness and depression, anxiety, and self-harm. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I want to let people know that depression doesn't have a face. Um, it doesn't have respect of a person, place, or thing. So, it's, it could happen to anyone. A person can be smiling. Like, I think about Robin, um, Robin Williams. Is that it was Robin yeah. Williams? Yeah. That you know he made Mr. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, all the movies that we loved, and he committed suicide. So I want to remind people that even though someone might be smiling, you don't know what this person is dealing with internally. Right. Um. I think about like a lot of celebrities that have committed suicide, and it just brings like a lot of thought to me because it's a lot. The number has doubled for kids when it comes to suicide between. 2007 and 2015, the number has doubled when it comes to kids being brought to the emergency rooms with suicide attempts or suicidal thoughts. And that that's was really concerning to me because, like, what is the common factor? What is happening to kids that makes them feel that all is lost? Because I remember when I was a kid, like, it was tough. Still, you had you had people who wanted to be bullies. You had people who wasn't going to be bullied. You had teachers you felt like was picking on you. You had teachers that was actually picking on you. Like, there was a lot of factors in the world. And still, like, it seemed like kids around our age had thicker skin. So, like, what is causing this hopelessness that kids are starting to feel now? Because, one, they're kids. Like, why should they feel anything remotely Depressing, Like, what is happening in their lives that causes this type of emotion? I think that it's not that it's... I can't really say, but I think that one thing that could be causing the issue is the no competition thing. Everyone wins. Yeah, um, no one that. loses. So, if you're always sheltered right. and you never get the opportunity of knowing what loss feels like or a failure then when it actually happens, it hurts a lot worse than somebody else that's used to it. Right. Like, for me, I, I'm i not going to say that I felt like I always was supposed to win, but, like, when I actually had the reality of what life really is and I started failing at things, and social media just makes it so much worse. But I really, like, took a, a really bad, like, slope and everything. So, I really feel like that plays a part in it. Like, we have to teach our kids that you're not going to win all the time. You're not going to be up on top all the time. Well, like, it's not, not just that. It's, you got to teach them to work harder. If you true. didn't win, work harder. Be better. That's true. You can win next time. You always can win. But if somebody outworked you, hey, work harder. That's true. It ain't all over. It's going to be a next time. It is. It ain't no next time if you kill yourself. That's true. I think that um, 
we make it seem like, and it's not just, it's not purposely, um, but I think that society and maybe social media make it seem like so like suicide would be the, the way out because you just let go of everything, right? But we never think about what also comes into play with this. Right. When you take your own life, first of all, you didn't give your own life. It's yours. It's not yours to take, first of all, okay? Well, I mean, we we, we do push that it is. It's not, though. Now, they're, they're saying... Did you put the children, air in your lungs? They're saying now... Children have the right to choose. No, I'm sorry. So if I can't choose with my body as a woman, you don't have the right to choose whether you're <laughs> going to take your life or not. And it might sound funny, and I know it might sound harsh, but you don't have the right. You didn't put this air in your lungs. I, I'm, I'm okay? totally with you on that. I'm. That's what's going to be taught in my household. My son got to make it to at least 17 before we start talking about options and decisions. Man, listen, 17. And even at 17, it's like you get to have an opinion. And it might sway me, but my decision is already made. That's it. So I can sympathize with you at 17 because next year, it's all you, homeboy. It's true. So up until the end, I'm going to just say stuff, and that's what's going to happen. Daddy, I don't want to. <laughs> that mean to me. I just feel like um, when it comes to social media, and this could play a role, maybe not in the younger children, because they don't really be on social media like that. But they they be do on be YouTube. on YouTube. YouTube. They be on YouTube heavy. And it makes it feel like when there's things that's happening in your life, everyone else's life looks so much better. Right. And I think that's the issue that sometimes we see everything else and we see the things that's going on in our life that's not aligned with what we're seeing. And we're asking ourselves, and maybe kids is asking themselves, well, why can't my life be like that? But Why you, was I dealt the bad cards here? But you look at the numbers, and statistically, it comes from, like, children of all brackets. So, it's like, even the children that's well off are taking their own lives. So, it's like, because my son is so young, mm-hmm. like I said, we just made it to the six-month milestone. I'm really concerned on what are these triggers, and what's making kids nowadays feel like that's that's the answer because like I would hate to get that phone call that phone call would destroy me yeah now am I gonna feel like killing myself no but I might feel like tearing up a whole bunch of other stuff yeah like you don't know what kind of kind of mindset that's gonna put you in you don't and I don't deal with death well yeah I I've been working on it but you know I can't say how how good I'm at. <laughs> I'm, that's the thing. Like, I can't say I've been working on it because it's like, when do you actually get to work on how to deal with death? During dealing with death. And it's like, you're deep in the emotion of what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and working on having a better outlook on it is not even the case. Like, you can theorize about how good your outlook is now and then it happens and you find out it wasn't. That's true. So, it's like, I really, I'm really concerned about what we can do to make children, you know, either voice what's going on with them or why they feel like that, or make them not feel it at all. I can say for one thing for myself, um, I can't really speak for other people, but I can say one thing that held me back and that kept me in depression, and I battle with this like literally every day, like, I would say 
out of seven days, I might have two good days. Two days I would consider good days. And it's only because it's not even necessarily things going wrong. It's this bully mentality that we have in ourselves. So it's your self-thoughts. So it's like, I'll be ready to do something, right? Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out the box and do this. Something in my mind and be like, sorry, sis, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. You're not good enough. So I think that a part of the depression and suicide, is maybe it's not sometimes things that other people are doing to you. It's what your thoughts are doing to you. Like we have this bully mentality to ourselves. So we tell ourselves, well, you can't do this. You're not good enough to do this. If you do this, people are going to laugh at you. If you wear this, people are going to laugh at you. If you portray this, people are going to talk about you. And it's like, at what point do we stop listening to our thoughts and just do it? And I think that's one thing that keeps us down. It really kept me. It really keeps me down. And I have to tell myself, I have to ignore certain thoughts. Like when I'm about to do something. Right. Or like, I literally have not been as... Um, I haven't been on social media as much as I used to be. Right. And it's only because of the mentality that I have, that I'm trying to fight. It's like, as soon as I post something, I always think, like, somebody going to think that you you better than them. Somebody's going to have something to say this. So I took a whole step back where I don't hardly post on my page. I even created a second Facebook page because I being afraid of judgment. Well, you are. Being afraid You are of, better than them. But if, if they're wasting their time thinking about... You're, oh, she but at the she same time, that makes you better. They may not even be about thinking that. about that though. That's that's the thing. Like yeah. you don't know what they're thinking about because you it's allow your, yourself. Is exactly, it out that's okay. the problem. So I think that that plays a big role when it comes to the suicide. It plays a big role when it comes to the depression, the anxiety, only because like. I don't want to... Okay, I'm not going to say I know what Jessica Starr was thinking about when right. she committed suicide, but she wrote down that I can't be a mother like I used to be. I can't be a wife like I used to be. But where do you think that those thoughts came from? Because I know that her kids didn't tell her that. Right. I know her husband... So what I'm saying is, sometimes when your thoughts tell you one thing, and my mom always had to remind me this, that when your thoughts tell you something... It's not always your thoughts, and it's not necessarily always true. But if you allow those thoughts to keep on perpetuating, yeah, they're going to grow into a big tree, and they're going to be rooted inside of you. And every time you attempt to do something, every time you attempt to open your mouth, every time you attempt to go out that box, it's going to destroy all the motivation that you had to do something. Right. And you're going to go right back into that box. Like me, I will go in my little box, and I will stay in my little box. My little box is being in my room and closing out all the windows, no light. I don't even listen. I don't even watch TV when I'm in my little box. I don't do anything. I don't even want to be bothered. I don't want the TV to talk to me. <laughs> I, I don't want people to talk to me. Like, and it's, and I just feel like that's a part, a lot of, like, that's a real big part of suicide that we have to teach our kids while they're young. That everything that you think, everything that you see is not, exactly what it is you know how you like you see a little a little part of a picture it's this quote that someone said that if you are standing on the side of an elephant you can't see the entire picture all you can see is the the elephant because it's so huge right? right so if you see a portion of the picture and you think that you know what it is if you step back keep on moving back then you can see the whole picture you can see on the other side of the elephant you can see what's around but if you too close and you're trying to look and trying to examine something that you're not seeing the full right, picture of. Right, too close to the situation. Exactly. So we got to teach our kids that, y'all, 
even though you might see this, that's not necessarily true. Even though you might hear these thoughts, that's not necessarily true. And that's the biggest thing. Like, that's one thing that we don't really teach our kids. So looking at that, it seems like it stems from uh, the number one lesson has to be self-confidence and self-expression. Yeah. Because if you feel you want to express yourself in a certain way, you shouldn't have to think about, well, they're not going to accept it. It's not for them to accept. It's for you to express. But isn't that the same thing what the LGBT community is trying to teach, you know, kids in their history when it comes to schools? So does that mean that we should accept what they're trying to put in the school books? You see what you're trying to do here? (laughs) (laughs) See what you're trying to do? I see, yeah. I tried to put you in that one. I did. I'm going to (laughs) say that we definitely should, uh, I think self-confidence, regardless of what you want to express self-confidence is the key it is and like one thing i could say is different when i was coming up uh one early 90s everybody was trying to be culturally aware right and there was a lot of programs that i ended up in that you you did stage performances you did like drama classes you expressed yourself you did a lot of things that built up like your your knowledge of culture, your culture, mm-hmm. knowledge of history, um, but it was also self confidence building. Mm-hmm. Why you should be proud of yourself, not just and and I think that do stem from knowing your culture and knowing your history, mm-hmm. because knowing that you have a reason to be proud of yourself and that there are people like you, regardless of what you are, or who you are, or what you look like, there are people like you that were great. That's true. And when you get to see that, then you know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, they did it with nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and I have smartphones and TVs I could talk to. I could walk in the house and tell Alexa to turn on all the lights. Mm-hmm. So all the little steps that they had to take, I don't have to take. Plus, they have their, everything they did is documented. It is. I can read what they did, what they did and pick up from there. So, like, the number one thing is letting them know that you are great and why you should have the self-confidence. People are going to talk about you. Absolutely. You can't change that. Mm-hmm. only thing you can change is how you accept the way they talk about you. Exactly. Because if you internalize it and you say, well, they're all mean and maybe they're right and all of this, it starts to bring you down. But if you take it in and you're like, hey... But I know you watching, so I at least got one fan in you. Thank you for your critique. And keep it moving. They're going to have to look at how they're presenting things at that point. Because, hey, I'm doing this to tear you down. Mm-hmm. And it ain't working. So now I want to fight you. Well, that ain't working either. Because you got to have them hands, too. That's look, true. if it comes to fighting, you got you to gotta fight. Like, some <laughs> situations you ain't going to be able to talk yourself out of. Not gonna. I'm not gonna sit my son under the disillusion that you need to talk your way out of everything else. I tell him now, if you can't talk about it, hands and feet. Only fair fight is a fight that you ain't in. So, like, hands, feet, rocks, bottles, all that. If you want to talk after this, we can definitely do that. The only conversation after that is with the police. No. Kids who attack you. Hands, feet, bottles, and rocks. Hey, look, check this out. Regardless of what happens after that, you have to know you have to accept your consequences. But know 
that daddy told you if they attack you, hands, feet, bottles, and rocks. I ain't gonna be mad at you. Did you defend were you defending yourself? Am I gonna accept you being a bully? Absolutely not. You're not gonna be a bully. But I won't be on the internet cutting your hair off and all that stuff, that ridiculous stuff. Oh yeah. I won't let I won't be a bully to you to show you that bullying is wrong. But I won't accept you being a bully, and I won't accept you accepting me and bully. I think that I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I will say this: other than um, children and the issues that they have, we have to learn also as adults that sometimes we got to open up those wounds from childhood issues right. that we had ourselves. And resolve those issues. Absolutely. Because sometimes they come up in your life and they come up at the wrong time. And you'll be sitting there like, <laughs> you'll be sitting up there like, why do I feel like this? Why like, am what I is overreacting? the problem? Like, why am I so dramatic? And I feel like we got to learn how to deal with it. We got to learn how to kind of talk to somebody if we can or how to heal it. Like, I've always, I was always taught to. You know, yeah, put a Band-Aid on, on the wound. You know, we, you're taught that. You hear those type of things. Put the Band-Aid on the wound. The, put the dust underneath the, the mat, whatever they call it, right. under the rug. And the thing is, if you put dust and dirt under a rug, it's going to form a little mountain under that rug. It's not going to be a stable rug. When you step on it to get into a house, Absolutely. it's going to be a little wobbly. Same thing with the wound. If you put a Band-Aid on the wound, it's not going to heal. It needs air to heal. So right. if you put it, you know, put something on a little scraping mark, it's gonna take a lot longer to heal. So what I've been doing is I'm ripping off every freaking band aid at once, and it may not be good okay, for other so people. At once, everything at once, and I only do it at it once can, for me because okay. I have a lot of growing to do. I don't have much time. I have to get on Forbes thirty under thirty, so I gotta fix this. I can't keep it. I don't want baggage. I'm okay. I'm too. I got too much stuff that I gotta do. And I ain't got time to deal with this at later in life. No, right. I'm good. Makes sense. So, me, I ripped off all the band-aids. I sit sometimes, I sit every day for about like an hour and a half. And I sit there and I analyze why I feel a certain way. Like, I realize my issue with rejection came when I was a kid. And it came when I was a kid only because I felt as though I wasn't, some somehow I wasn't good enough or somehow that... My family didn't want to deal with me. Okay. And as a kid, see, me being a kid, I thought they didn't like me. They didn't want me. I was the back sheep. But the, what it was is I couldn't go to everybody's house. When they was having sleepovers and stuff, Right. they would have fun. And I used to be at, like, why can't I spend the night? So I had this whole thing of they don't like me. They don't want me. So when I grew up, I pulled myself back. I stopped going to family functions. Right. I stopped dealing with I people the way that I did. You know, and as kids, we don't think about the big picture because we're too close to the elephant. So we have to teach our kids. Tell them why we're doing the things that right. we're doing. That, you that's know? the bigger thing. Because, Explain it like, to them because kids is a lot smarter they started than to, They started to make up. To, like Kids were always smart. Yeah. It's just that when you don't address it, they're going to make their own reasons. Mm-hmm. It's a reason why it ain't happening. And the only reason I know of is me. That's true. Now, if your mom came to you and said, hey, they nasty over there, and they might have bugs crawling on you. Well, I don't like bugs crawling on me. Oh, hell. No, I can't stay over there. But sometimes you can't talk to kids about that because they kids don't have a filter. It. Oh, yeah, they don't. <laughs> filter. My mama said you got bugs, big bugs. <laughs> like, 
you can't say everything to kids, but it's like just explaining it's, it a lot better right. because kids will manifest some type of thinking out of it. Absolutely. And I've taken the time, to, you know, by ripping off all these these um, band-aids, I've realized some of the issues where they stem from, and now I'm able as an adult to understand they did this to help me and to protect me, not to keep me away from them. Right. They wasn't doing it to hurt me. You know, so it's like with depression and anxiety, find out exactly why are you thinking the way, where is it stemming from? Like, think about different times, that, different things in your head that you blocked out, that you was like, you know what, I'm not going to think about it. Because to me, I'm able to block things out perfectly fine. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm able to do that. But it's this little area mm. in my brain that, yeah, don't need to, I, I don't forget. need to go through that door. I'm good. Forget. But at the same time, you can't forget everything. Everything is not easily forget. And it starts to manifest. Once again, it starts to grow. And it starts to root in other parts of your life. And you won't understand, like, why don't I like to hug people? Me? Don't touch me. Hello? How are you? Mm -hmm. But we just have to learn to deal with things. That's what it is. You got to learn to deal with things. People are going to talk about you. They're going to hurt your feelings. We got to learn how to mm -hmm. deal with it. We got to learn our approach to things. Right. I'm learning that as I continue to try to grow is that I have to learn how to approach things differently. I have to learn that I can't always charge it to a person's heart. Sometimes you have to charge it to their head. Sometimes people are ignorant to the fact of how you're feeling and they're not necessarily doing something to hurt you, but it's just like you might take it. That's, that, and that's the thing. That's my biggest thing because like I have a hard time with empathy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it seems like I'm being a jerk or I'm insensitive to a situation and it's sometimes I just don't get everybody's social cues of how they're feeling about a situation. So I say something, it may have been a joke. Maybe it'll just lighten the mood. And they'd be like, oh bro, that is terrible timing. Or it's just something I just don't I can't I it's not that I don't sympathize with you. It's just that if my empathetic cues aren't triggered, then it's like, I don't know how you feel. That's true. And if I don't know how you feel, I can't sympathize with you because I don't know what feeling I should be pulling. That's true. So, you know, you have to look at it. We have to strengthen our empathy. We do. Especially when dealing with other people and dealing with each other because, like, you never know what impact you're having on somebody else. Exactly. There are people who look up to you that you never would have thought looked up to you. And the way you approach them could actually be sending them in a bad way. So, like, not only are we responsible for our mental health, but we got to be decent people to other people because we could be responsible for somebody else's. That's true. That's really true. I thought about that, too, because uh, something that um, had happened, and it's not like this person had meant to to like stand me up as a friend but <laughs> we still I took it yep I took it as <laughs> I took it as rejection I, I really took it as rejection I really my feelings was really hurt by it uh, when I found out the full story of it I was really upset and then one thing I had to think about like this person don't know that they're hurting me because I was already hurting for from rejection so they don't know that it's playing another part into something else in my life they don't know that they just know that hey, I'm doing something else right now, and I'm not going to, you know, they, that's all they know. But I tried, but don't, don't look at me like that, don't smile. I'm giving my example. But I just want to be transparent that, like, sometimes I'm trying to be more 
Is it what I said it was? Nope. Okay. I'm trying to be more... Um, I'm trying to wait more until I start like assuming that a person is doing something to hurt me. That's definitely. That's nine times out of ten, people are not doing stuff to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Human beings in general are selfish. Yeah. So it's not intentionally to hurt you. It's either I had something to do, and I had something I wanted to do, and it ran long. I'm not standing you up because. Because I don't want to be around you. Or you're I not just a good wanted person. to see you out. Looking ridiculous by yourself. Right. I'm standing you up because, you know, I started doing this. This is something I wanted to do. And I didn't expect it to take this long. Right. So, once again, I'm learning how to step back. But to remind people, even though, like, we seem like we all got it together, everyone is dealing with something. Like, me, I'm trying to focus on not feeling so hurt. Like I said, five times out of the week, I feel like I'm hurt. Like, I feel like I need to sit in the room and cry for a second and get it out. And I be trying to figure out, like, what is the problem? What is wrong? But it's me trying to really fix every little tiny issue that I've stored in the back of my mind. Trying to fix it so I can move forward. So I always ask myself, like, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to help all these people. And nothing is working for me. Right. Nothing is working. Like, I'm giving this money. I'm trying to build a show. I'm trying to do the clothing line thing. And nothing is working. And it's only because I still have to grow. And that's something that I have to learn. Like, you know, patience, grasshopper, you still got to grow. You still got to go through certain levels to get to where you're going. And I think everybody should think about that in life. Like, even though you're not where you think that you should be or you're not happy with things, it's levels. You got to heal. You got to take time and really get to the nitty-gritty of what the issue is before you can actually move to the next level. Right. Well, the main thing that I've been working on is I have this slight paranoia that, you know, people are going to try to get over. Yeah. I have the, this this serious paranoia of it. Like, I've had some experience in my life where, you know, you have seen that situation. Mm-hmm. And it comes from people like, you trust it the most. So now it developed into a situation where I see that I go super hard for a long period of time. And if a person goes silent on me, period, my whole my whole drive changed. Because it's like, hey, bro, like, what they doing? Are they scheming on me? They plotting on me. They, 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 they looking for my downfall already. And I see how that put me in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Because then... It feels like I'm moving different.